Welcome to the No Limit Jumper podcast. I'm your host, J-Man. Uh, back at you with an episode. Uh, I'm introducing to you a very special guest. Um, he's a personal trainer. Uh, we went to the same college. He played on the basketball team. He's been around in the sports uh, sports world. Uh, Dylan Foss, how you doing? Doing good, man. Thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm excited. Um, this is is one of the very few podcasts uh, that I've been a guest on. I've obviously hosted quite a few guests myself, but um, I'm excited to um, to be here, man. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. I feel honored to have you on my uh, podcast. You know, um, we uh, I'm really glad to touch base again because we haven't talked since college. So thanks for a while. Yeah, I'm interested into hearing what you're doing. I want to know what uh, Limitless Theory is all about. Um, all right. Well, I appreciate the uh, the question and the, the, the desire to want to know more. So so Limitless Theory is basically started out as my personal brand concept, a, a concept of all the things that I was doing and trying to offer to people, the insight that I had, the skill sets that I've acquired. Um, it started my senior year. Um at school and essentially it got started uh, if i can bring it back all the way there was a buddy of mine who i would actually uh, venture for you to to have on the podcast um yourself he is the creator of ck1 bands and ck1 sports um he is a former collegiate uh, basketball player as well we played high school basketball together and he created a vert program for kids. He's a 5'10", super, super athletic kid that was able to do windmills between the legs, dunking on people. He was a very, very good chase down blocker, super athletic kid. And he attributed it to his specific training. And he actually is getting his degree in exercise science as well. And he invited me to basically create a nutrition guide for his athletes. He was getting so much request um, from his athletes that he had using their vert program on what to eat, how to basically improve performance. And (laughs) I ended up, you know, for six months writing out a, a super detailed nutrition program. And he was like, man, before we launch it, like you need to come up with some sort of a brand you need some sort of of banking on on what it is you know who are you what you know what is this going to be consistent of so that's really where i started to, to get thoughts for a brand and um i was a huge i'm a huge fan of like efficiency and the ability to just get better on a daily basis right so like things like um <clears throat> how how is eating going to make me you know more efficient when i play basketball that stuff was super intriguing to me, of course, as an athlete. And then not only that, but like, how is my my efforts uh, in the gym going to improve my ability to learn uh, on the nutrition end? Because nutrition learning is very factual, right? And there's a lot of in-depth science. So if I'm not in a good mental state, then I'm, I'm not going to be able to absorb some of that information. Everything kind of plays into a 360 kind of role, right? Like everything rolls back on itself. And uh, I ended up watching that show Limitless uh, and, and the movie. And um, <laughs> I was like, wow, imagine a pill where you could literally use, uh, uh, you know, that much 
proportion of your brain, your ability to just be super, super insightful and understand where all of that is coming from and just be super efficient in everything that you do. And I was like, wow, like that's kind of what, you know, I want to be able to do is just make people more efficient human beings and, and allow us to uh, grow and expand as a, a society and as a human race, just at a better rate and in a better direction. So that's kind of where Limitless Theory uh, stemmed from and started its its roots. But it's just been a constant growth of getting my uh, my bachelor's degree in athletic training, becoming certified and, and licensed in the state of Florida. Now that I live down here, I just finished my master's degree in nutrition for human performance. And alongside of that, I do um, uh, online business that allows uh, people to like socially and economically connect with each other. And that way, you know, finances are a big issue in marriages. Finances are a big issue with health and finances are a big issue uh, that don't allow people to have time to work out and be physically healthy as well. So when you wrap all three together, it's just a more efficient life and a a more efficient approach to allow people to be educated on those three subjects and and move forward and apply them to their life. That's, that's the the premise of limitless theory on a, on a longer note. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, one of the one of the craziest things is I actually interviewed you in college, yeah, because uh, you were part of the basketball team, and I wanted to get to know like uh, what were you all about. And I don't know if uh, many people who are listening right now is you actually created that desire to start this No Limit Jumper brand. Is because when I heard you talk about fitness and how much basketball meant to you and where you were at in your stage it kind of prompted me to be like, okay, well, I'm going to go out. I want to actually start uh, a website, give people an outlet where they can go to. And I mean, honestly, I'm not saying, well, I'm basically am saying that you're pretty much uh, a a big part of the reason why No Limit Jumper exists. Because if I didn't have that interview with you, I don't know where I would be right now out of college. But um but no, uh, just just hearing where you are now. I think what two years? You're two years out of college now. I mean, yeah, you're out man. of college, two, so it's kind of it's it's exciting to to see where you're at, um, and how much passion you have for lim- limitless theory. And I've had a lot of guests on the show, and none of them go into depth about what they're all about like you do. Uh, you gave me very detailed. I love uh, how much you focus on uh, the person itself as mm-hmm. far as and not solely focus on the fitness aspect. Uh, but my next question for you is obviously you have a sports background and you get yeah. guys who are trying to get to the next level. How do you prepare them for uh, to take on, uh, to put more miles on their body to actually, if they want, if they're looking to go into uh, uh, college overseas uh, pros, how do you prepare their body? So, uh, a big portion of what you said, and, and once again, thank you for uh, just being insightful and open and um, vulnerable about the fact that like I, I was able to influence you in that way. And that's that's just what I want to do. I want to influence people to just really do whatever it is that they want to do and provide for people because there's there's a way to make that your life. And there's a a big mental aspect of that is when you provide something to somebody that makes you feel good, it just allows you to keep doing it day in and day out. And that's once again, how I approach the nutrition and fitness 
side of performance for athletes specifically, like you were asking, is let's get all the other things that are going on in your life off the table, right? Let's actually clear your head and allow you to have a free space, um, allow you to think clearly. Because when someone is anxious, right, it, in a, in a in a sense, that just means that there's something else that is drawing their attention. And if you are anxious, aka nervous, then your nervous system is not going to function 100% properly. And if there's anything that I've learned is that performance comes down to the ability to control your nervous system. So if I can get people to really become in tuned and insightful about why their body is reacting certain way and why they are maybe not performing super well on one day of the week versus another, or why they just had a really random, you know, that stuff comes down to, all right, what else was going on in your life? What happened two hours before that game? What did you eat four hours before that game? Did you sleep well the night before? Did you uh, do what you usually do before bed or did you end up playing video games and not doing what you would typically do? Did you do your mobility for the last week? Has that been a a big part of what you've been doing and preparing? All those things play into, um, you know, performance and the ability for your nervous system to adapt to anything that's given on a sports field, on a sport, on a a court, uh, regardless of what it may be, the activity all it is, is adaptability, right? If, if a defender looks left for a split second, that tells me that their chest and their weight is going to move that way. All right, then I know I'm going to drive right. Those sorts of things play out and uh, it plays out on the other 23 hours of the day that people are living, not the hour of the day that they spend training with me. Um you know, so I, I really like to look at the in-depth stuff, um, the stuff that most people don't pay attention to. It's really easy for a trainer or for uh, a nutrition coach to take somebody from uh, 10% of their, their uh, you know, their capabilities to 50%, but it's very hard to take somebody from 90% of their capabilities to 95 That. as you get higher and higher in that percentage, it just becomes much more detailed and detailed and detailed. And uh, that's where I like to go is into that detail make sure people are understanding and educated on why things are happening and how those things are playing out specifically from an athlete perspective, why they may perform better after eating a certain type of meal than another and, and why sleep is going to affect their performance and how, you know, taking cold showers can improve their cognitive ability when they're watching film. Those things are were really what I like to look at and, and how I try to prepare people. So before you actually go into your, your training sessions, mm-hmm. how, how much time do you take, uh, take out to actually focus on those things that you just spoke about? So a lot of that is, is thrown in the mix, right? Because, um, there's, there's only a certain level of, of, absorption that can happen at the beginning. If I sit there and and do an hour session with you, an initial session for us to sit down and understand where you are, who you are, where you're coming from, where you're trying to go, then 
I can lay down some of those foundations. Like, all right, are important things to note and pay attention to. The things that you're going to hear me say the most are sleep, uh, food choice, um, stress levels, relationships, and um, nervous system and adaptability and efficiency. If those are going to be like the seven things that I talk to you about the most, we need to get that out of the way up front, right? We need to make sure that you know those things up front. But then from there, it's really just about spreading that awareness throughout. Like, hey, like, how did that how did that exercise feel? I don't know. It felt a little weird. Did you consider that it's because of this? And just making those connections for them, but sometimes leading them to an answer and making sure that they get it, making sure that they state that answer so that it really solidifies with them. No, that's amazing because I don't see a lot of trainers taking the time out to actually focus on that. They're always routine, 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 and they kind of don't focus on what you're doing for those 23 hours out of the day. Um, You're a lot similar to uh, Antonio. I don't know if you know who he is, Antonio Nesbitt. Um, He's actually the co-host of this podcast. I don't know if you know that. Wait, what? Yeah. uh, I might might meet up with him tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, uh, he (laughs) – so he, long story short, uh, we basically teamed up and had he had a vision of fitness, I had a vision of sports, and we kind of put it together. And this is how No Limit Jumper was created. Uh, but he's part of my day-to-day operations and everything. And you guys just have that similar aspect to to your routine, to uh, to your your daily visions. So um, it's really glad it's really glad to hear that there's more people out out there like you guys. But um, it's funny. He lives like an hour from me. He lives down. Yeah, no, he just, he just recently moved up to Florida too. So yeah. Um, pretty wild. Yeah. So both Not of you yet. are gone. So. <laughs> but no, um, on a more serious note, um, my vision is I like to connect fitness with sports and to uh, raise awareness of uh, it, basketball is just more than a sport. You know, you got you got guys you got guys out of out of commission right now like Zion Williamson. Uh, even when Derrick Rose went down, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he when uh, the way he was landing was very very uh, dangerous. And even when we saw it with Kyle Kuzma uh, in USA Basketball, yeah, he came down on one leg. Um, I kind of wanna I kind of want you to I want I want to know your take on um, when you when you get guys like that who are super athletic and. Um, do you do you, like when you see them play and then obviously they go down with that injury um what do you do now when they have when they go down with that injury and they're super athletic how do you build them back up to the player that they could have been um so first i'd like to dive into a little bit of like what's causing those injuries and just from a, a very broad spectrum per you know perspective uh most injuries are going to occur with deceleration of of landing or change of direction, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, those are two things that most people in fitness are not paying attention to. And that is a large reason that a lot of those things happen. If you were to look at a traditional CrossFit workout, they are not worried about the eccentric portion of 99% of what they do. They are worried about the concentric, the power, the strength of pushing something away or pulling something towards as opposed to decelerating energy and being in control and adapting to the forces that are being put on their body. So 
I mean, with someone like Derek Rose, like he's just a freakishly concentrically athletic person, but his ability to decelerate and be in control of the power that he could create and also decelerate was the issue. His ability to land was what wasn't as strong as his ability to explode off the ground. So you have to have balance, just like your right side should be somewhat close to your left side and left side should be somewhat close to your right. You have to be able to explode just as well as you have to be able to land and decelerate. Um, And then someone like Zion, someone who's younger, someone who is a freakishly large person, you have the fact that one, he's 18, his body is not fully developed yet. Um, And two, the fact that he put on close to 50 pounds uh, of, of pure, we'll call it lean body tissue. I don't know, pure muscle at all, but he put on fit like a, a huge amount of weight. And now his joints only have a certain amount of time to adapt to that. So ligaments haven't been working under those pressures for a long amount of time. So how do you expect them to day in, day out at that intensity um, for the first time ever? Because the NBA is more than than he was doing at Duke, right? Uh, for for them to expect that he wasn't going to be injured was kind of foolish. And I talked to, you know, Justin, Justin McCoy. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before. He sent me pictures of some of his, like, D-League games. He sent me uh, – I sent him a, a video of him um, landing. I sent him a video of him lifting. And I was like, he. we both agreed, like, he's going to be hurt very soon. <laughs> and it was funny. Two weeks later, he was out. Oh, jeez. Um, so like I've, I've grown very accustomed to kind of foresighting those things just because I had very good mentors in the athletic training realm and, um, a very good understanding of how the nervous system either adapts or it doesn't. Um, but in terms of growing them back, it, it, once again, it, for me, it comes down to mentality, um, nutrition and, full nervous system adaptability. If, if I'm going to get anyone back from something like, uh, uh, an ankle injury or a Achilles tendon rupture like KD or a ACL rupture, the, the premise has to be that everything else is at 99% to a hundred percent. You can't have anything else mislapsing in that time while they're while they're injured, there's so many other things that they can be working on from a diaphragmatic standpoint, from uh, a neurological development standpoint, from a hand-eye coordination standpoint. Um, just like people will say, you know, I'm sure you've done this. Right? Well, you're a lefty. Did you ever get told to eat with your right hand? No, not at all. Never. never. That's crazy. So I started eating with my left hand in high school. Like, ah, I'm going to eat breakfast before school with my left hand. Why? Because it just grows neurological adaptiveness and neurological um, uh, control over that left side of my body. So now my right side of my brain and the left side of my body, there's just more connections there. And now the next time they need to be used, there's already a paved road. We're not paving a new one. No, I like that mentality because I don't – you you, you – you touch on a lot of points that people really pass up on. And um, 
going off of a personal experience of myself is uh, a lot of athletes I've seen over my years is that when they get injured, it's all in their head. And it's been all in my head. Um, a year ago, I hyperextended my knee uh, playing basketball in the summertime before my senior year. What did mm -hmm. I do? I had I took a jump stop and my knee went backwards and then mm -hmm. I went forward. So yeah. the change of direction you talk about is exactly what I went through. And then I re-injured it again at rugby doing um, a stutter step. Um, okay. Haven't played basketball uh, in I don't know how long. Haven't even been back to the gym just because I obviously have a lot going on with what you had, we talked about, finances. Yeah, um, uh, fatherhood, obviously, is a big one. But um, just a bunch of stuff going on in my life. And um, I feel like with a lot of athletes uh, like now, like myself, too, is that it's all in their head. And, and how do you get them out of that mindset? Like, I'm afraid to get injured again. I'm afraid to even step foot on a court field, et cetera. Cause I feel like that's, that's uh, another big issue that people aren't really talking about. So for me, and I, I know you saw me be injured my senior year as well. Um, I ended up breaking my left foot. Uh, and for me, a part of it is like, if, if there's a truth, there's a little bit of underlying truth to everything, right? Like a comedian, a comedian doesn't make a funny joke unless there's some underlying truth. Um, if there's a thought process of I'm worried about getting hurt again, then there's a, there's an underlying truth in the fact that you probably aren't super confident that everything else is up to par. That makes and sense. I would, yeah. I would, I would agree that most of of the athletes that deal with injuries are aware of the fact that they're not doing everything they possibly could to prevent that or to just be a little more proactive. So when I got injured, I was dying to get back on the court because the first thing I started to do was take care of every single other thing. Cause I knew that there was, uh, there's a reason I got injured. It's imbalance. Um, it was also a very acute freak injury, but there was, it's nothing that my body shouldn't have been able to handle. So then there's, there's certain things I need to work on. All right, let's exploit all my weaknesses, figure out what they are, continue to manage my strengths where they are, but really dial into those weaknesses, um, including the injury itself. So if you have a broken bone, there's certain things you can do from a, a nutritional and supplemental standpoint to improve that. Um, if you have a, a joint injury, um, especially if it's uh, like capsular, then there's certain things you can do to like to, to provide more synovial fluid production and get more blood flow to that area. So those are things that people should be doing. If you have um, a ligamentous issue, uh, there's a certain number of like supplements and things that can produce more muscle growth and more collagen growth. So there's things that everyone can do to be more proactive in the prevention rate that most people don't do. But at the worst is when people feel helpless because they don't know what to do after they've been injured. Um, and that's why a big part of what I'm trying to do is just provide education and give everyone the insight to if these are your issues, then these are your solutions. I'm not going to tell you what your solutions are because I don't have time to meet everybody and find out exactly what your issues are. 
but from like a content standpoint on social media, my goal is to provide you with options and, and insight so that you can walk away and say, these are the things I deal with and I know what I need to do now in order to change those. Um, and from a mentality standpoint, like the situation that you're in, you know, would it kill you to do five minutes of an ab workout or to meditate for five minutes um, and improve your diaphragm uh, capabilities? Um, would it take, would it kill you to do five minutes of, of hip mobility so that your knees aren't taking the blunt of, of the forces when you're on the court? Um, I would venture to say that your ankle mobility and uh, stability might be a little uh, under par, and that could have been an issue that led to you um, hyperextending your knee. Um, Simple things like I started to wear flat shoes because I realized I broke my the outside of my left foot because my arch was very weak. Okay, so now if I wear flat shoes, I'm going to put more pressure on my my foot and the musculature and the intrinsic muscles of my foot to actually build a secure arch for my foot and now that takes pressure off the outside of of my foot that that fifth metacarpal bone now that's like something that a lot of people don't have the anatomy and understanding of but um we have google you know we have youtube there's a lot of things that people can find out for themselves um just by being insightful and actually wanting to make a change or, or get back to what they were doing. So it, it, it's just a deciding to do the small little things is what I usually see makes the most difference. If you can, if you can wake up and, and do mobilization for five minutes on a specific body part or just meditate and create some of those things and, and get a good feeling, get that hit of dopamine that you got when you used to work out or when you would hit a jump shot, it feels good and it's contagious. So you're going to want to keep doing it. It's just a matter of that first one, that second one, that third one. And usually after that, it takes care of itself. And I feel like all people really do, uh, athletes, et cetera, all they, all they really care about is getting up in the morning and then getting in their routine and then waiting for the practice. Like you said, mm-hmm. it takes five minutes to do hip mobility, diaphragm, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. And people don't do that. Um, but another aspect uh, I really want to uh, head into is nutrition. And I feel mm-hmm. like um, a lot of athletes out there don't understand the value of nutrition. They think that, um, yeah, what you were eating in high school is not what you could be eating in college. And what mm-hmm. you're eating in college, you can't be eating in the pros. Yeah. So um, obviously you've you've been around for a, a pretty long time with the fitness and you've seen a lot of athletes from probably high school, college, and even, uh, m- uh, minor league pro league. Um, what is the first thing that you do when they come to you and say, I have a nutrition problem? Mainly it's getting their insight without making them super conscious of it because the thing with nutrition is everyone thinks they're either on the wagon or off the wagon. Uh, very much like fitness, like the, I mean, new year's is coming up. Right. And everyone's like, Oh, like I'm going to do it. You know, I'm, I'm going to get back into the swing of things. Like if you think of getting back into the swing of things, the wordage, the language, it subconsciously tells yourself that you're out of it. 
which is not super good. It's not healthy to have that view. Like I'm on the outside looking in or I'm on the inside looking out. That that verbiage just puts you at a loss. Um, so I, I like to really focus on the language uh, that they're using. Like if, if, you know, I don't like that food. Well, I would just say that your palate hasn't adjusted to it or it's not your favorite. Like a lot of people like, I don't, I hate that food or I can't eat that. No, you could eat that. You're just not willing to make the sacrifice that it takes. Um, unless you're obviously like allergenic to it, then that's different. Um, but it, it's funny that that you ask and the, it's funny that you make the point that most people don't care enough about nutrition, especially on the high school and college level. I mean, I played D3 college basketball is the epitome of like, let's get drunk and <laughs> do like the most idiotic things uh, and eat pizza and like cupcakes and jello and, and just there's no there's no real foresight of how that influences them. And then when they have a negative, you know, mindset about going to watch film because they're hungry, it's like, that's your own fault that you knew we were watching film after practice and you didn't eat anything but a freaking airhead at two o'clock. And now at six o'clock when we're watching film at practice, you can't pay attention and you're mad at coach for keeping you there, but you didn't do what it, you know, what it took to prepare and make sure that you weren't going to be hungry, that you were satisfied, that you had a, a nice nutritious meal with some protein and some carbs to fuel you through practice and film. Um, and once again, it's just making them aware that they're openly making those choices. Yeah, and I feel like people don't even realize they're making the choice that they're making is because, yeah. uh, like you just said, uh, they ate one thing at two o'clock. They knew they knew ahead of time that they were going in. But I feel like it's all about the environment that people are in and yeah. what people are doing. I knew my freshman year of college. I knew uh, a gentleman. I'm not going to say his name because you probably know him. Yeah. Um, and and uh, everything. And he was a big. He was a big dude. You know, he was six five, um, stocky. Uh, but he was a senior at the time, and he ate whatever came his way he would be in the dining hall eating six plates of food and then have a practice and then and then wonder why he wasn't producing it didn't translate into the game he wasn't producing yeah. the way he wanted to and then he had aspirations to play overseas and I was just thinking I was on the outside looking in and it's like what are you doing off off the court that's preparing you and it's you're yeah. not preparing yourself you're you keep eating you keep eating yourself into a coma and then expecting the results to fall on play like like you said it's not high school you can't just eat whatever you want and then think that uh, the results are just going to automatically translate that might have worked in high school but if your plans are to go further than that then the changes have to happen sooner rather than later and i feel like with limitless theory what you're you're trying to spread across is you need to get into that positive mindset and like you said i love what you said is leave a b and c at the door and just focus on d because mm -hmm. if you leave a b and c on a b and c at the door then d is going to be a lot easier to figure out and i love that i love that uh about what you're trying to uh 
come across to everyone is that like like you said personal personal family reasons all these problems can can really cause a lot of um stress anxiety on on your workout habits and i feel like it's when you when you look at fitness as a whole i feel that um it's not just the working out part and getting in shape and eating it's all those things that you talked about leaving at the door and i feel like um some players go, uh do that in the league some players go through that um you know some athletes personal trainers personal trainers even go through that i've seen on, on oh, instagram sure. and everything and uh, i think my next question is so um i talk a lot about um routine and uh timetables for injuries and mm -hmm. do you think that like what do you think the main cause of it uh like a huge timetable we see guys who are going out weeks but uh, i look at the injury and i'm just like they could be back in two to three weeks do you know why timetables are set so long i think a lot of it right like you'll see those timetables go down um at the end of the season when when things become more important um you'll see uh people get involved like uh case in point lamella ball he has a very minor injury, and his dad's like, ah, he's not playing until he's over 100% ready to go. Um, and very much the same thing is happening with Zion and the Pelicans. We're not we're not going to risk anything um, in terms of him playing in a game until we are more than positive that that issue is not going to arise again. Um, a lot of that plays out, and then you also have the the stigma of in like professional athletes, um, it, it's uh, agents, right? Like, hey, you can milk this one and and get some money. Um, and you know, uh, like Kyrie, why is he? Why was he not playing for like two weeks? Um, those things are, are definitely an upfront worry and, and factor into those, and then. On the other hand, it's a matter of of sacrifice and, and what people are once again just willing to to do and give up in order to get that maximal return um, efficiency. If you're coming back from an injury, are is is a dietitian really giving them the option to get into a keto diet and fast? Like, if you have a someone who like this is a big one for the NFL in particular. If you have someone that's on a concussion protocol, um, the best thing you could probably do for them from a dietary standpoint is to put them on a, on a keto-based diet, something that is going to generate fat tissue uh, regeneration within the brain. I mean, we're, we're seeing that the keto diet is helping people get rid of Alzheimer's and dementia, which are literally brain derived, um, diseases where, where neurological connections are lost. And that's very much the same thing that's happening in a concussion. Um, there's, there's obviously minor like, uh, contusion, but what that's doing is it's flooding that area with swelling and that's just not allowing for neurological stimulation to happen as efficiently. Okay, so let's let's target that the most efficient way we know how to do that. 
let's fast for 16 hours so that the body is really focusing on the most, uh, um, uh, the most necessary parts of the body that need that fuel. If, if you're eating all the time, your body is sending a lot of, uh, a lot of its fuel and ATP down to the digestive system because the digestive system is a muscle. It's continual contractions in order to break down food. So when you fast, your body is able to send that energy somewhere else. If you're eating a keto diet, you're also eating a very high calorie dense diet that's full of good omega-6s and omega-3s. Uh, that's going to allow you to generate that neural tissue at a, at a better rate. So like, I don't think that all of that holistic wellness has found its way into professional sports yet. And it's very much on its way. And like, while I was with the Patriots and, and working with them for a little bit, I saw some of that, like the strength and conditioning room, there was a lot of sloppy, um, like form going on in some of the stuff that I saw. Um, and obviously like there's 60 people and they're working out that are all grown men and there's four strength and conditioning coaches. You can't perfectly teach everybody, but, um, you know, and then I also worked a little bit with the nutritionist and he did a, an awesome job with some of those people. Um, and I was fortunate enough to get some of the insight and some of the stuff that he was getting into. But even he was like, you know, a lot of this isn't happening around the league. Um, it's just not fully accepted and it's not fully recognized as um, like a normal part of society. Uh, so with organizations like that and with corporations like that, that have connections to like big companies, you know, like uh, you can't, there's a lot of money that drives some of these decisions as well. Um, and, and just the acceptance of, of how they can go about treating certain things. Yeah. And it seems like the more money, the more, and, um, it's funny how you say that too, is because I've noticed with a lot of trainers around even football, basketball, is that, like you said, you just witnessed it firsthand that sloppy form is going on. You know, these trainers are probably just sitting back and letting them work out because they're collecting a paycheck. And my next question is, why are trainers like that? Why why don't trainers have the same vision that you, uh, Antonio, etc., have? Is why like it, is, is the fact that the thing that's not being accepted is the fact that you guys care about your clients. Is that what's not being accepted? Um, a personal touch is always lost at a certain level for, for most people. It's the same way that, uh, you know, um, I could have easily, you know, had, a, a banker that didn't really tell me some of the stuff when it, when it came down to getting my corporation, uh, my LLC, but she is just genuinely a, a good person, someone that really cares and someone that really wanted to help me. Uh, be practical, good karma coming around for me. But part of me would like to think that she just wants to go above and beyond. And uh, you, you've definitely checked out at um, supermarkets before where the person was just above and beyond, way more than helpful and nice. Have a great day. Thank you so much for shopping with us, this, that, and the next. And then you have others that are like, yeah, throw your change at you. Yeah. Um, it's it's a part of of human culture to have variance in, in personality. 
And regardless of the industry, you're going to run into that. And when it comes down to like the pro level training, uh, some of it may be driven, like you're saying, from the fact that they're making so much money. And, you know, if you're if you're charging three hundred dollars for for an hour session, uh, you know, and and that person is is doing well and you're just making uh, the royalties and, and trying to utilize that person's name to get you fame and, and fortune elsewhere and from other people because of the notoriety, then yeah, some people just aren't driven to produce the, the exact results. Um, some people's foresight uh, just hasn't been uh, broad enough. They, they don't look big picture enough. They don't look at how that decision could could long term just not drive someone else to start their own podcast like you know um and that's just i've always had that big picture view anything i can do to the best of my ability is going to give someone else the right to do it to their best of the ability and that's uh I, i've had the the coach carter uh quote um tatted on my chest since i was 16 um my deepest fear is not that I am inadequate is that I am powerful beyond measure. And it continues to go on to say, Mm -hmm. uh, our, our deepest fear is, um, no, sorry. Um, it is not our darkness that frightens us. It is the light. Right. And Mm -hmm. by, by doing so much yourself, by shining bright, like the star you are, you give others the undoubtable, um, right to do the same. So that's just kind of how, I've always seen it, but not everyone does. Um, and, and you've seen that it, it, it's just a part of, um, where everyone is on the spectrum in terms of, of, uh, just the way their brain works and the way it's wired. And that's a result of everything from nature and nurture, how they grew up, who they grew up around environment and all those things. So you said you're, you have an, that your LLC, uh, when did you start, uh, when, when did that happen? The LLC I officially got um, in October, so it was about a year and a half or two years after the, the, the creation and the, the concept of limitless theory came to life. And um, so this is this is basically your full time job now. You don't have any other. You're focusing solely on limitless theory. Or- no, I I had the option to do that. Um, I had the option to go completely solo by myself and do nothing but, uh, private clients from a nutritional and, um, personal training uh, standpoint. And also I, I manage a team of business owners, um, uh, online entrepreneurs, and we all work collectively together. And that was, uh, you know, all super ready to go. Uh, but I also know, and I'm not naive enough to think that I know everything at 24. So I wanted to really take this opportunity to have, uh, a a learning, a learning curve in my life where now that I'm out of school, I can really experientially learn from someone that's been in the field longer than I have. And, um, it, it like, it's good and all to learn in school. Right. But like for me, I'm a very experiential learner and I've never been able to fully dive deep uh, completely into that. So I now I've partnered and and started working with a really, really awesome gym in the area that uh, a fellow um, athletic trainer and uh, personal trainer own. And uh, my goal 
there is to really understand the business side of fitness, um, to really learn more about producing uh, performance results. Uh, the my, my mentor and the, the athletic trainer that is there that I'm working with and under, he is um, a, a very well-connected person. So that always helps in, in the sense of learning how to talk to people on, on different levels because I was never around money as a young kid. Um, it also works on the level of he has been working with athletes um, exclusively, like college athletes in the area, um, very, very well-known professional athletes, Olympians. So he definitely is very, very well-trained in what he's doing, right? So there's an opportunity to learn from him. And um, there's an opportunity to just really humble myself and say, hey, like, you got to fucking work your ass off. And um, there, there's no getting around that. So you might as well put in the hours now. Uh, I just turned 24 and like there's there's no reason that I can't overwork myself for the next, you know, couple of years um, within reason. Like I'm still making sure I get my sleep. I'm making sure all those things are, are happening. But I'm going to I'm going to put in 16, 18 hour days as much as possible um, and make sure that I just I soak everything up. So. That's what I'm doing um, is spending a lot of my time at the gym. And whenever I'm not at the gym is spending my time with virtual nutrition clients, uh, building my brand, marketing, getting social media content out there, uh, email marketing, um, redoing my website. And uh, I have private clients as well where I go train them at their house. So, um, yeah, it's not the only thing I'm doing, but it's a large portion and it's, it's all intermingled. It's all the same thing. It sounds like you're keeping busy. You're uh, a very, very busy person. Um, Dylan, it's been a pleasure. I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day. Uh, one last thing. Um, I have a lot of people who are uh, following the website, following this podcast that range from all ages, but typically my biggest is ages uh, 12 to 18 right now. Uh, okay. If you had one type of advice one piece of advice for them as far as uh, uh, fitness wise and wanting to get to that next level in any sport, uh, what would it be? Utilize your phone to learn about those things because you're on your phone all day. There's no undoubted, you know, there's, there's no doubt about that. You guys are tied into all of the current social media, um, platforms and you're tied into YouTube, you're tied into all of these different things. Um, Utilize your phone to learn as much as possible and reach out to anybody and everybody that you're trying to learn from or want to be like. Because I can't tell you how much over the last two years that that has helped me really grow and expand um, the awareness of what I'm doing and my brand and just my knowledge in general. People are willing to help people who are hungry. So show that you're hungry and people will provide you with a plate. And there you have it. Words of wisdom by Dylan Foss. Dylan, <laughs> thank you again so much for coming out. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I can't can't thank you enough, James. It's, it's been uh, super cool. I'm glad we're 
I think we're going to, we're going to do this quite a few more times. I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the LT360 podcast too. And um, <laughs> if I do see uh, Antonio tomorrow, <laughs> I'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be sure to hit you up. All right, man. I appreciate you. Have a good one, boss. You too. Peace. Peace.